Kubernetes community, and welcome back to the Pod Cuddle podcast. Today, we're going to be bringing you another one of our basic episodes. Uh, a lot of really good uptake on the the first basic episode. What is Kubernetes? And we wanted to make sure that you know, as we're doing the the week to week shows, we we make sure that we include some real basics for folks that are just starting to learn this technology. You kind of want to get up to speed on what's going on. Tyler, are you ready to do some basics? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So again, we're going to try and make these about ten minutes long, keep them fairly high level. This show, we're going to talk about kind of the basics of containers. So we're going to talk about the basics of what is a Linux container. Uh, so why don't we just start right there? Tyler, what is a Linux container? The interesting thing about a Linux container is there's no thing in Linux called a container. Um, it's a collection of different Linux kernel technologies to allow you to somewhat isolate some running processes in its own little area that we call a container. And I think the thing that people get confused sometimes is, I mean, containers, the concept of a container, whether it was called LXC or C groups or whatever has been in Linux for like almost 10 years now. And it really was, you know, kind of just got popularized the concept of a container the last couple of years. Second thing, so we know what a container is. It's a bunch of functions within the Linux kernel. What does a container do and how does it interact with the Linux host that it's running on? You have the container image itself, which is basically just a file system with the files that are going to be used in the container. And then some metadata in a JSON file it describes the container, you know, what, what it is, how to mount it, how to start it, all those types of things. So you need a container engine basically to take that image and then run it and interact with uh, with the host operating system. Is there is there any parallels that somebody could draw if somebody knows, say, virtualization, they understand the concept of a hypervisor and a virtual machine. Are there any parallels they could draw between that and uh, you know what a Linux host and, and sort of Linux containers do or how they interact? Not exactly. So so the main difference is with virtualization, the the guest is basically running the entire copy of another operating system. So if you're running you know VMware or VirtualBox or whatever, and then on top of it you can run whatever operating system. The, the what the virtualization layer is doing is exposing basically fake hardware to that operating system. That guest operating system. So it thinks it's running on hardware uh, and it goes from there. With containers, it's actually just you're running Linux processes. You're just using, so you're using these technology, like namespaces to basically not let that process see any of the other processes that are running currently at the same time. So basically running one operating system on the whole server host platform and then a bunch of technologies to, to isolate. Let's talk a little bit about that. People ask all the time, you know, is a container secure? Can I isolate it from other containers? What are the basics that somebody has to pay attention to? Uh, if you think about it in that in that context that a container is basically a process running as a user like any other Linux you know, process, and then we're starting to layer kind of things around it to stop what it can do. So at a bare minimum, things like uh, namespaces, which basically you only see that process only sees its own processes or any child processes it spawns. It doesn't see anything higher. You know, what user it's running at, you know, if you're running as what we would call privilege container, running as root or running in the user space um, has an impact. There's also the concept of set comp profiles, which basically can limit which kernel calls the container can make, which you know, stop it from doing things you wouldn't want a container to be able to do or, or break out of the container. And then there, there's just more and more layers you can add on that things like, for example, SE Linux uh, to control 
where that container can access and and what it can do uh, from a networking perspective. So there's no, you know, because a, a container is sort of this logical thing that gets built uh, on the fly using these all these different technologies, depending what host operating system you're running and what container engine will determine how you know secure your individual container is. Yeah, and I think the other thing that, that people need to remember is there are things from a host perspective that are done to make sure that individual containers or the you know container technologies don't necessarily see themselves. They stay isolated. So you talked about SE Linux or AppArmor or some things. And then you also have to be aware of the bits that actually make up what's in the container. So think of it as your application has to be secure by itself. If you're putting things in there that are malware or poorly written code or anything like that, while the container can isolate that from maybe seeing or interacting with other containers, it doesn't necessarily automatically mean that your code is magically going to be secure. Yeah, I mean, think about it this way is if you're not running a containers route, which is which is good to not do unless there's a specific reason for it, because again, it's it's not a separate OS. Whatever user it's running at is is basically the user it's running at on the host. So if you're running it as a user, whatever that user has access to and can do, you know, that container could potentially do, just like you wouldn't say, well, I'll give any random person a user on my Linux machine because uh, they're not root, so I'm not worried. Yeah, that applies to containers too. So taking some random janky container off the internet and just assuming you're safe because it's in a container is... uh, is not a good way to think about it. Yep. Uh, a Linux host by itself, you know, has a way of doing networking. Uh, it has a way of either having a local disk drive for storage or mounting volumes somewhere else, NFS or a block storage somewhere. How do containers deal with, with networking and storage? First place you start with a container is that, like we said, the image is some root file system and a, um, you know, it's a metadata. So how to start it. So you're start you're saying well here once this thing boots up it's it's starting and starting an instance and when that container by default starts up it's it's on a network that's created by the container engine so the container engine says says to the kernel hey you know as it's creating the container on the fly it's also setting up the network resources you know and a and a network tap for that particular container and then there's a lot of different options off of there so there's options to run as host networking so basically it see the world sees it as the IP address, say, of that host. Um, there's a lot of different, you can just expose individual ports. Uh, then once you get into stuff like Kubernetes, where there's uh, you know much more advanced orchestration, there's even more networking options. So you can say, these containers can talk to each other, or these containers can only talk to the outside, or you know all different sorts of uh, network settings you can do there. I think early in the days with containers, uh, it was very simplified um, in terms of how you could network them together, or how you could get to data and so forth. Uh, now that they're running in these more sophisticated container orchestration systems like Kubernetes. Uh, We've seen standard interfaces evolve around containers and around Kubernetes that lets you uh, use different networking technologies. So uh, the good news around that is is now in 2017, it's a very robust way that you can network them together, uh, protect them through firewalls, um, make them interact with lots of different storage types and so forth. So uh, that's a that's a very, very good thing. Last question as we talk about the basics of this, and we're going to get into a second basics here pretty soon about actually how you get applications in containers and deal with that. But the basic question is, can any application run in a Linux container? And if not, or if so, like, do I have to modify it or do I just, 
you know, can I lift it and shift it? Yeah, one of those famous IT consulting answers of it depends, right? Really, again, if you think about it from the mindset of if this app runs on Linux today, it should be able to run a container. And then you're, you're basically asking, well, what resources does it need access to? Okay, well, if it needs access to a physical device, say, for example, you can use the, the volume kind of mount technology the way that the way that Linux works, right, is is devices are show up as files in the file system. So I could pass through, say, an external physical device into a container and it'll run. But obviously, it has to be specifically on that host. You have to know what it's called. There, it gets more complicated. Like what, that's what we're seeing right now with GPUs is I can run a application that requires GPUs, say, for, you know, if you're Bitcoin mining or, or whatever sort of processing you're running. And I can say, here, mount this GPU into this container. Um, but if I want to schedule that across a whole cluster, say I'm running Kubernetes and figuring out which nodes have the GPUs, which which containers are already using them um, requires a bit a little more higher order scheduling, which is that's kind of like the developing area we're seeing right now to make those things easier. So in a, in a very basic perspective, a single container on a Linux host, you can run almost anything in them, but you might need some some modifications to get it going. Yep. It's a good short way of giving an answer that says, like you said, if it, if it runs on a Linux host today, uh, there's a good chance by itself it'll run as a Linux container. As you need to expand that, it's a, it's a database that needs clustering. It, it needs a bunch of other services, how it would normally run on Linux hosts. You know, that's where it's going to be a little more involved in terms of the answer. You may require Kubernetes services. It may not be recommended. I think that's a good starting place. We're going to wrap it up there with that. A lot of people are going to say, hey, are you going to cover Windows containers? Because those exist too, and maybe they're different from Linux containers. Yes, we absolutely will. Uh, We're actually going to grab some folks from Microsoft to help us do a basic and talk about that one. We're going to get to that one uh, probably in a couple of weeks. Hopefully this talk about the basics of Linux containers and then the follow-up one of, you know, how do I get applications into containers will help get you started and uh, keep you going forward. So folks, thanks for listening. And uh, as always, we will talk to you next week.